Welcome back to your Daily Dose, it's me, Nick. Bob and I seldom get serious on this show, but on this episode we find ourselves, as many people are, trying to figure out how to fix things. One note about this episode, it was recorded before Russia invaded Ukraine. I didn't want you to think we were being blasé about some of the language we were using. Also, I used the word literally 17 times, so sorry about that as well. Enjoy. I have to tell you too, again, I'm appreciating more. I've been listening to more episodes where I'm listening to full intros and outros. and It's really nice to, to hear these things all put together. But I was also, I'd never read the bios that you had written for our website. Oh, yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I keep meaning to uh, go back and update those. And you it, now uh, your daily dose is like number five or six when I Google myself showing yeah. up there, which makes me really happy and makes me see that you're doing a fantastic job of keeping us present on the uh, on the webosphere. On the interwebs. Intergroupers. Yeah. <laughs> which I still can't determine whether or not it's the source of all human potential or the evilest thing that's ever been created. I can't it be both. Well, I guess you're right, because it is. Most things are two-sided, right? Most yeah. things have a good side and a bad side, but this seems so enormous that the good and the bad, I mean, that, that you can be obliterated um, in a moment by things like that. Yeah. And I think that's the nature of the world right now. We have so many things that can do that that I get a little paranoid these days. Well, it feels... It's it's like the Cold War, and you and I lived through that in a little bit of different ways, different age periods, but you know we were definitely both there for it. But <laughs> that was a very specific threat, whereas a lot of the quote-unquote threats now are very esoteric. Yeah. Like, okay, can we ever have a conversation again? Are Democrats and Republicans just going to fight over dumb stuff, villainize each other so much— Oh, yeah. That people actually think that one group is trying to literally destroy, like not, you know, oh, they want to take away regulations for corporations. And in that way, they're going to, you know, destroy the the bedrock of the uh, of the republic. No, they literally think like if you talk to a lot of hardcore Republicans and a lot of hardcore Democrats, they think the other side is literally trying to destroy everything and kill everyone. And this is the my belief is that with the rhetoric and the directions that it's going and the intensity that it's going and it keeps getting amped at it, it's not going backwards. The only thing it can lead to is war. It's the only thing that it can lead to if we keep going in this direction because the the whole rule of the game is escalation. Yeah. How do we go? If we're going to move further and advance further into their territory, we have to penetrate their territory. We have okay. to. All right. So okay. here, 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 here. It, it's improv. Okay. Right? They're yes-anding each other into annihilation. Oh my God. You're right. So how do we, how do you, like in, uh, in casinos, you know, the casino bosses will hire coolers to come in if somebody's hot. Hey, go to that table. That guy's really hot on the, on roulette or craps or whatever. So how do we get some coolers? Like how do you stop an yeah. improv scene? Yeah. You put the lights down. You have Let's to turn that. turn the lights out. Let's do right? that. So then this is an interesting turn metaphor, right? Seriously. <laughs> if you can't see each other and you don't know who's saying what, you know something? Everything changes. Yeah. Because all of a sudden we have to find our way again. It reminds me of a story written by Mark Freed. And it's I think it was called um, 
The reds, the greens, and the sweetest honey you ever tasted. I love this story so much. The essence of this story is that, and this Mark Fried is a fantastic storyteller. He used to do winter stories every year, and I look forward to them ever since the first one I read, which is this one I'm describing now. And the essence of this very short story is there are these family, this community, and you're either a red or a green in this community. And the reds paint their houses red, and the greens paint their houses green. And when you move into the community, you're given a choice. Do you want red paint or do you want green paint? And the reds and the greens never really associated with each other, never really connected. And then one winter, snow began to fall. And it fell so heavily that it went up to the roofs of their houses. And nobody could see the color of anyone else's house. And so they came out and started talking to each other in ways they never had before because they didn't know how to hold on to those old prejudices that they have. And the kicker ending that he puts into this story is, and they learned great lessons from this. And so now when new people come to this community, they're offered a can of yellow paint. And it was just like they learned nothing. Yeah. We we learned we learned to make friends of this particular enemy, and and now we're going to make enemies of the next people who yeah. come in. Uh, but anyways, that's what it just reminded me of is that whole concept that if we shut the lights down, yeah, and people can't see the MAGA hats and can't see the Biden for president stickers and all this other stuff that goes the accoutrement of division, uh, then maybe we're not as divided. Or maybe we at least give ourselves a second chance. And that may, maybe darkening the internet for a little while would do well because it would force us back into our own individual communities just with the people who we genuinely have to care about. Yeah. Because I don't really have to care about national politics, but I do have to care about what happens in my community right here because I live here. I get my food here. I get my entertainment here. My wife lives here. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept. I love that you drew it back to improv because... It takes something inherently negative and you just wrap something I consider inherently positive. And there's a metaphoric solution. Well, as soon as you said escalation, that's what yeah. it reminded me of. Because that is, you know, that's some of my favorite comedy is that you take it until it gets to the absurd. Like, and even then, it's still funny to me. And this is not funny. Exactly. Well, and we try to escalate in the funniest possible ways. I had two level one students. I have a really good class now. If you get oh, yeah. a chance to come out and see our showcase, I want you to come because I really like these folks. They're doing really quality work. But two of them in the middle of a blind freeze game, which is a very short game, very fast, entered into this really great scene that I refused to call freeze because it was so good. And it was roommates explain to each other the obnoxious things that they don't like about each other. And each one added something more disgusting and hilarious to the other one. And you would have just loved the way they did this. So they got to the point where I was just rolling on the floor laughing. And then, you know, I had to call freeze because other people had to play. But it is, you're <laughs> right. It is, it is something that's really fun and positive in the comedy world, but we don't need in the division world. Yeah. Because, I mean... We're already philosophically far apart. Now we're moving to physically, right? Red states, blue states. Screw that, you know? Let's stop categorizing each other. You know, I, I almost feel like now this whole gender fluidity is, is a way of avoiding disagreement with anybody because you can't define what I am. I'm fluid, right? Mm -hmm. it's, and I say that as an example, not that that's the one thing, but maybe we could be, have political fluidity Maybe. Well, it felt like that's where we were before. Like you might feel conservative uh, about fiscal issues, whereas you are more liberal with uh, social issues. There were plenty of people that yeah. are hybrids like that. You know, I, I met with a, a, a high-ranking Republican official 
locally who referred to himself as a rhino. I thought that was really interesting. I want to identify who it is because it was a, it was a private conversation, but I would not have anticipated somebody seeing themselves as, yes, I'm Republican, but I've got democratic values in there. And maybe rhinos and dinos aren't bad things. Maybe that rhinos being Republican in name only, dino being Democrat in name only, which by the way, nobody says dinos, but they do say rhinos. Well, I'd like to be a dino. I'd yeah. Like to be a triceratops. I'd, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It to make them even stronger and bigger. Yeah, you know, with the spikes. <laughs> with the spikes. <laughs> that was such a third grade way to describe the dinosaur. <laughs> with the spikes. With the spikes. I like the one with the scales. Hey, gang. It's Bob. Part of the pain of all this divisiveness is that it feels like something important is being fractured. And that something is our identity as one united America. We call ourselves the United States, for goodness sakes. You would think that would predispose us to more agreement and harmony in all things. And yet, here we are. I still have high hopes for the future, and I hope you do too. I see examples every day of people loving, supporting, and inspiring each other. I strive to be one of those people. Mahatma Gandhi put it best when he said, Be the change you wish to see in the world. It may not feel like you're making a big difference. We're all pushing atoms out here. But if we push enough of them, we can move mountains. So let's do that. That's all for this dose, my friends. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.